Tyler, I just read um your email, the brotherly advice. To okay. You, to your brother. Um Tyler had an email um about like, you know, his brother has some capital and he's looking to invest it, et cetera, et cetera. But the the point that I'm gonna make isn't about like the content of the email. It's just that you're like a really good copywriter and you're really good with Photoshop. And I don't know why e-commerce brands aren't paying you three thousand dollars a month to write their email flows. <laughs> hey, if you got an e-commerce brand and you want to drop me three grand a month, I'm here. I'm ready to work. Um, you you could you you could definitely you could you could set up an offer that they can't say no to. A lot of people in that space they're looking for a monthly retainer of two thousand dollars a month. They'll set up like you know they have like the abandoned cart flows, the post purchase flows. You set up all that. You do like a fee for that. But maybe they already have that set up. They just need a better copywriter. And you could say, so say this brand does a couple million dollars in revenue. They'll probably do a couple hundred thousand from email over the course of the year. And it's like, I do, you don't pay me a single dollar except for the revenue that I generate you. And the revenue that I generate you, I take five to 10% of. You make them $350,000 for one brand, which there's so many e-commerce brands out there doing that. And you just netted $35,000 from that. And you collect yeah. 10 of those. You could be crushing it. Look, if you have an e-commerce brand and you want to do that deal, call me and I want to do it too. I want, I. so I'm glad that you saw that email and I, you know, just sat down earlier this week. I have had the flu and I've been dead, like no energy. But one of the things that, you know, I could do is I could just muster up enough, um, you know, energy to write a sales email. So I'm writing 365 sales emails. I probably banged out like eight or nine over the last week. Um, that was one of them, obviously. And uh, like, I just want to, I just want to see if I can, you know, use my words to get people to take action and do something right. That's what copywriting is. It's writing specifically for action. And like, I, have come to at first I hated copywriting. I was like, Oh, I have no interest in doing it. And now I'm almost obsessed with it where, man, there's a lot of power in being able to move people with your words and to make them feel a certain way and actually like encourage change. And it kind of brings me back to, you know, as an athlete, when I was, I was never the best player on my team and you know, whatever, but, uh, I was really good at getting guys to do stuff. Like I told you the story when we had dinner the other um, other day that I like would run at two, three, four in the morning when we would get back after like a four, five, six hour road trip. And next thing I knew, there was a group of people running with me. And that is copywriting in a sense. I I mean, I'm not maybe using words. The medium changes just like, you know, you can still copyright through video. You can still copyright through, you know, different mediums. But that is super important to be able to impact someone or like create something inside them that makes them do something so totally bizarre, like Take running action in the morning. Um, You could you have like a portfolio of good written emails mm -hmm. an obvious portfolio of design. And then imagine, I feel like you could definitely um, not even have to cold outreach clients. You could go on to like, 
I don't know, there's so many freaking e-commerce brands out there, right? You could sign up for their emails, receive their emails, find ones that aren't that great, screenshot it. They're like, you know, take a screenshot of like the full design, the copy and everything and be like, do you ever see these tweets? And it was like, if I was the copywriter for Gymshark, this is how I would do this. And you have the side by side and one is like clearly better. And when someone does that, it's like, how are you, how do you not, at least reach out to them with some interest when someone shows you how much more improved your brand could look through that. How do you not like, yeah, if someone did that for me, I would immediately, I would immediately do it. Dude. And I know my, my writing is actually getting better because I have been, you know, writing like Instagram story threads for a while now. And, you know, I used to get, I don't know, I would get, probably a couple hits, maybe five to 10 hits per thread I've been writing, or I was writing, you know, this is probably, I don't know what time, maybe a year ago or so. But I like did one the other day. And literally got like 35 emails. And I was like, okay, I'm definitely getting better. And I think one of the big things for me, for writing wise is I tried following like i'd see a twitter thread and i'd be like oh man this guy's got like a whole system where it's like you know get the attention you know feed the desire yada yada bullshit and i find that i'm so much better when i just write something and i just write it the way i'm thinking it and feeling it i think it can it must resonate a lot better with people more like me And it works so much better than trying to like cookie cutter things that don't necessarily fit and match. It doesn't like kind of loses flow. Uh, So I I like, I've kind of been, you know, contrarian in that sense where people are like, Oh, you got to follow this six step system. And I'm like, actually I've been, you know, I tried that and now I'm going back to just writing on my own. And it's like, Oh my God, it's actually working a lot better. Yeah. You just kind of have let your creative flow go. Yeah, and, it, and then adds a personal touch. It's not as uh, I don't know when I, I was having to email some person that was like in a professional setting and I was like asking my mom about, you know, because she is in human resources. She does this shit all the time. And she was like saying how she would say it. And I'm like, no way at all. I'm like, you sound like a robot. You sound like GPT wrote this. Yeah. Like, it's just like no personal touch. It's like there's no style. It's like she wanted me instead of saying, hey blank hi blank i'm like does that matter to anybody (laughs) it's so funny that you said that because i had my girlfriend read over my email before i sent it last night i was like hey can you just like edit this real quick and one of the things she was like you should put instead of writing you know he he mentioned you should put he commented and i was like that's what like that's the big thing that you think I gotta change is like that. Like, come on, dude. Yeah, it, it was just like not that. I'm like, what about the message? Did like, did it like, did it bring value to you at all? Because like, I wanted to write it where it's like, look, I have this th- this overwhelming thing in my life where, dude, if you want a five star life, you can't be, you know, doing one star things. Okay, like I kind of mentioned in there, like going to the bar at, you know, the 2 a.m. bars, you're not going to get the right girl. Right. And I in in, when I was in 2018 or whatever, I'm going out to these bars and I was like, you know, I would go there and then 
I, there'd be like maybe a like a situation you know occurs where you know not i don't want to say a bar fight but it's about to be a bar fight and i'm sitting here and i'm like dude why the fuck am i here at a a bar 2 a.m on like a wednesday night and i'm about to get in a i'm about to be you know not in a fight but witnessing a fight like <laughs> This is so fucking stupid because, like, I don't even – I'm not the, this type of guy. Like, yeah. you know, that's not the type of life I want. And then, like, I, I was fortunate. This is when I was installing water heaters, and I was pretty low in terms of, like, where the fuck am I going with my life? And then, like, fortunately, I was still, like, working hard and, you know, exercising my mind, like, you know, investing in stocks. And then I hit tandem – and basically, you know, you get a hundred thousand dollars in your pocket and you're like a different person. And I'm now I'm like, all my friends are broke and I'm like, I'm sitting on a pile of cash. I start going to hang out at different places with different people. And like, it's amazing the type of characters that you run into when you go to a restaurant that, you know, does charge $60 a plate. Like the, the, the quality the there's like a, it's like, I call it pay. You got to pay the premium in a sense. And like, I'm not, I don't really love these types of places, but I've been going out with the, you know, the guy that brings us out to dinner for this, you know, the stocks. Yep. I've been going out with him. He's had a lot of business down here lately and it's like, okay, I'm having dinner and it's cool. I don't have to pay for it, but I'm having dinner with everybody at that table is a multimillionaire. And there's like six or seven of us. And it's just like, night and day you can just totally see the difference in like what we talk about and you know the things that are going on at the table you actually learn yeah. stuff where you're like oh shit and you can actually have an engaging conversation that's the problem that i run into now is i'm not surrounded by people like that so i mainly just keep it to myself because i don't have those conversations that i can have with people but when you said about doing the five star things i wanted to it was one of the points i want to talk about um today but I'm reading this book called The Slight Edge by Jeff Olson. And it's, the book's nothing groundbreaking. It's nothing new. You know, a lot of like personal development type books, they're all kind of saying the same thing, but they say it differently. But you got to, you know, I, I thought it was, I was stopping reading them because I thought it was becoming like not a great use of my time. Like I wasn't learning anything new. But I realized that like you just have to stay keeping them in your rotation because you just have to consume that because it, keeps you staying on top of everything that you do it's not that you're like learning something new it's not like that's like making you super motivated or something that's just like the constant reminder and your content diet that the little things matter so the whole book the slight edge is about um you would like this book it's really easy to read too but the guy he um it's like dad died when he was young is raised by a single mother you know they weren't like dead poor or anything they lived an okay life um, he went to college, he did terrible in college, he dropped out, he went and lived in Daytona Beach. Um, he was just a beach bum, basically, like, caddying people's <laughs> It's an easy place to become a beach bum, by <laughs> the way. <laughs> he was caddying people's, uh, like, golf, I think that's what a caddy is, right, yeah. in golf, they yeah. carry your stuff around for you, and he's like, how do I become this guy that's, like, you know, golfing on a Tuesday, or whatever, and he makes the decision to move back home, go to school, becomes a 4.0, gets, like, big job, whatever, Builds a business. He has all the money he can need. Something happens, loses it all. All gone completely. Has to restart. And um, he, he talks about how people float between. So when you're 
getting so there's like three lines like the middle line is survival the top line is like super success the bottom is like just surviving right and then he's like a lot of people just float to that bottom line and when they're getting to that bottom line they're willing to work as hard and do anything they can and then they get up to like that middle line where they're like surviving they're doing okay but then they let off the gas and then they float back down there and then the same thing happens again they just keep floating between these lines going as hard as they can to get back to like a comfortable place but then they let off and this is where the slight edge comes in he's like these are the things that are it's like reading 10 pages of a book per day like a personal development book he's like easy to do easy not to do um eating like every day i eat chicken rice and green beans for the last eight years for lunch easy to do easy not to do you know but those are the things those two things like they set the tone for a day and those things compounded over time make a huge difference in your health and if you read he says it in the book and i don't know why i never thought of it this way but if you do consume 10 pages a day of a book like this slight edge book and you do that every day for years the decisions and actions you take on a daily basis are going to be way different than if you're someone that just reads like a, a book to pass time, like a fiction mystery, you know, like those are just like things that pass by time. Like I see that with a lot of ladies that are maybe my patients or something like that. You know, they just read these books and they just pass the time by, they don't get better from them or anything, but if they just change the content that were they were reading, there's nothing wrong with it, but that new content that they're reading would lead them to a different direction in their life. And just that daily, it's, I guess it's the content diet. I really like that term content diet, man. One, I'm like a sucker for like the daily affirmations and stuff. Like I swear to God, I wake up every single day and I don't know if I got this from my mom, like, cause my mom used to be in my head when I was younger. <clears throat> she was like, she was always just like, Tyler, you choose if you're going to have a good day or not. Every single morning when you wake up, it's a choice. You can either have a great day or you can have a bad day. And I swear to God, like, <clears throat> I wake up every single day and it's like within the first five minutes of my feet hitting the floor, I yell at the top of my <laughs> lungs. It's going to be a great day today. And I <laughs> yell it and I will yell it for like, 20 minutes my girlfriend literally is like yo you are seriously like a psychopath why are you yelling why are you yelling why like are you yelling? It doesn't get you hyped up like a chest pound right it's like no and that's things. right <laughs> it's like immediately setting the tone and i swear to god i used to do it in college too my roommates would get so pissed off at me <laughs> i would wake up and we would have like we would have workouts at 5 30 in the morning and we would wake up and I would literally like my feet would hit the ground and I would just yell at the top of my lungs like, you know, like this roar in my roommates would be like, what the fuck, dude? Why do you do that? And I was like, dude, I'm getting ready. I'm getting fired up. I'm ready dude, to hit this workout. I do. Because I do if, I don't, if I don't do that, then I'll be a mope and I'll be a fucking drain of energy, dude. And yeah. I don't want to be that. That is not like the recipe to success. So it's kind of so stupid, but I swear to God, it works so good. And yeah, it's like it reading does. the self-help books. It's like if you put that in your mind, it's it's going to just wear off on you. You might not like it and it might not like juice you up every single day. But like there will be a day where it just hits you and that's just what you need. Dude, when I walk into work a lot of times, <laughs> I walk in, I'm like, Woo! great day to be alive. One's <laughs> <laughs> like. It's a Monday morning. Everyone's like, oh, my God, <laughs> you know, dude, 
it's so funny. I pop my eardrums yelling like that with these headphones on. I literally feed off of people that do that. I literally <laughs> like if you do that, I I am going to like attach myself to you. And I remember when I mean, dude, in college, we would have conditioning at 530 in the morning, too. And it's inevitable, at least for me. We would go out and party until 2 a.m., 3 a.m., 4 a.m. Sometimes and have to wake up at 5.30 and be at the field at 5.30. And, dude, sometimes, like, you're hung, you're still drunk, honestly. And you're walking up to the conditioning practice. And you know that you are literally about to die. You're going to face – you're facing your death. And there's certain guys that are so batshit backward that they're fired up and they're talking shit to the guys that went to bed at nine o'clock and they're like, Oh, let's go Incinelli. Well, you're going to keep up. You're going to try to keep up with me today. Da, da, da. And the, you know, the kid's not an idiot. And he goes, Hey man, like, dude, are you still drunk? I can smell the alcohol, <laughs> but dude, it like, it's just a different breed of animal. And yeah, I know that's all. I do that stuff all the time. <laughs> your body can do so much more than you think. And that's yeah. like sometimes when I'm, I know I'm being a bitch, I, you know, kind of think back and I'm like, dude, if I was able to do like wild shit when I was pissed drunk in college and still like be able to run a couple miles in the morning after drinking all night and sleeping, like your body is capable of doing things that you think are impossible and it can do them rather easily. Yep. I, yeah. So I, I had that I had that mindset. I was so in that mindset when I was initially bodybuilding. Like um, I just knew when I was getting really I always trained to failure, like to the point where you finish. Like we would I would train stupid. I would do like 10 sets, 10 sets of 10 front squats or whatever, last set to failure. And it would be to the point that someone's basically picking you up. And then once you finish that set, you're on the ground. And I mean you're like you're not getting up for like five minutes like you're just going to lay on the ground and debate if you need to roll over to throw up or not and i was so in that mindset of like your mind is just trying to like i forget how i used to frame it it was just like your mind's trying to like protect you and doesn't want you to go to these places because it what well, it is or something you're, right you're not wrong it's trying to it, it's like trying to trick you i forget exactly how, i used to say it like really it, it was a good saying but i lost it but since i i lost being able to work out like that i lost some of that mindset like that's some of the edge that i'm missing is not being able to work out hard but since i told you that lady my coworker worked on my hip like that man i just had a i'm starting to i'm turning up the, the notches a little bit each week each workout because i have so many muscle imbalances i'm working through but i'm already starting to work out harder and like i there's nothing to me that feels better so when i was bodybuilding i always wanted to have the best legs because everyone has chest everybody has arms everybody has back but nobody has like if you have a set of legs you're different nobody has yeah, that so that's, that's what right. i always wanted and nothing feels better than having a sturdy set of legs under you and i'm starting to slowly gain some muscle back and that glute strength back and it feels so good and you just walk around with more confidence all the time i will i'll, I'll say two things about that one ironically like when you do have strong legs, I don't know if this was like something I realized as an athlete, but dude, when I, when I had strong legs, I, I just felt so sturdy and I felt um like I, I remember I could jump high and I could run fast. And it was all just because I, I made it a point to get my legs stronger. Mm -hmm. Um, The second thing I was like, 
I'm I go to the gym at 5:30 every morning and I'm so pissed I got sick because I'm finally like this has probably been 2 months now of me doing this, you know, going to 5:30 gym session every morning and it's a CrossFit gym. And I've been going and it's like man, I was just the last workout I did, it's like a partner workout and my my buddy that got me to go to this gym is like a nutcase. Like this kid just like he's just one of those people. It's like I, I like to call it, you know, you're just too dumb to know that it's really fucking hard. <laughs> and he just has that like kicker to him where he's just like, oh, like, this is what we got to do. And like, I don't feel pain. It's like he's a nut job. But um, we did like this partner workout and I was like, you know, we were we're doing it and I'm crushing it, too. Like, I'm literally keeping up with him. And I got that like, I can keep going like this is easy. That's what I do. That's what I tell myself. I've also been doing the cold plunge and dude, I, the first time I did it, I was like, holy shit, this is way harder than I thought. <laughs> and I literally from the second time on, I literally have to be, tell myself this is easy. This is easy. And, and like, when I say that it's easy, it is easier. It's like, just, that's just kind of how it works. You trick yourself. And, uh, but yeah, like, going to the gym and actually crushing the workouts. And, you know, we're like the first one to finish and we finish in 25 minutes and like the next closest people finish in like 33 minutes. And it, it's just like, yeah, like I'm fucking crushing it and it yep. feels good. And there's a, something really important. Uh, I think Huberman was just talking about this, about as soon as you wake up doing something very hard helps you crush the rest of the day. And I've, completely adopted that with either the cold plunge if i don't go to the gym at 5 30 in the morning i do a cold plunge before you know at at the first light of the day yeah and i think even waking up and doing like 10 push-ups is a good way to start your day just something simple like that some sort of activity i i just saw this stupid tiktok and i know it works because it's just inevitable but um i used to do this and i, I used to do it with push-ups when when i uh so like two years ago during COVID, I was like, oh, shit, like, you know, I'm not healthy. I drink way too much alcohol. Like, I'm actually going to start taking my health serious. I, the first thing I started doing is I would wake up and I would do 100 pushups immediately. And I would try to do them 100 straight. At the time, I couldn't do 100 straight. I could only do like 60. But I would do 60 straight to failure. And then I'd sit there and do, you know, what however long it takes me to get to the 100. And it's amazing how... Like you just immediately feel successful at the minimum if you do that. Yep. Um, and I just saw this video on TikTok. This guy was like, he's like, you know, everyone just asked me, how do I, how do I have jacked arms? And he's like, honestly, there's no secret. I literally just take a pair of dumbbells and I do a hundred curls every single day. And he's like, you know, I just started doing that every single day without missing. And he's like, now my arms look like this. And it's like, dude, it's like, that is so obvious. Like, of course, if you literally do a hundred curls every single day, your body is going to make a transformation. Yep. But so many people will be like, oh my God, you're not letting your muscles recover the right way. Da, 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 da. Like, dude, it actually doesn't fucking matter. Your body is going to, the recovery process is going to take place. It might not be, you know, the most optimal recovery process that's taking place, but dude, you're going to get so much more net result doing that than 
you know, trying to do the optimal, you know, recovery period and then not doing it when you're supposed to because you, oh, I was actually sick and I shouldn't work out when I'm sick and all the bullshit starts yeah. to seep in. When you don't have any negotiation room, there's no, you got to do it. And like, those are the things that I, I, I am trying to incorporate where it's just like, no, Tyler, there is no negotiation. It sucks, but if you just get it done, you're done. And that way of living is so much better for me. I'm so much better when I just have a protocol that involves no negotiation whatsoever. There, there's this. I'm trying to find this guy's uh, tweets. So his name on Twitter is Coldy Bra. I've been following him for a long time. He's like co-founder of Kill Crew. You ever see that brand, Kill Crew? No, but I, I like that. I like that name. That's yeah, dope. They have, they have some. Maddie wears a lot of their stuff now. Um, and they've like organically like Jake Paul has started wearing them. Like it just pops up everywhere now. Like it's super <laughs> cool designs. I'd definitely check it out. I don't actually, I own one of their shirts. I bought the first bought one of their shirts like two years ago um, when I first found him on Twitter and I went to their website and it was like, what, whatever percent of profits go to retired veterans or, you know, so, something of that nature. I was like, cool. This is a cool shirt. I'll buy the shirt. Um, Especially since it like does that, you know what I mean? But he's always on here and you're talking about, like, you know, whether you're sick or tired, still doing it anyways and things. And, you know, I like Andrew Huberman a lot, but this guy, like he makes some good points. I've shared some of his tweets, I think, in our discord, but he's always calling people Huberman types, like over optimizers and things like that. Like people act like their bodies are so fragile, you know, like like they just can't handle. I don't know, like. Yeah, I, you're right. I, no. I, don't, I don't know really what words I want to use to describe it, but they're just like, oh, I got to get, and I, I'm, a, I'm about my sleep too. I'm always trying to hit eight hours and things, but he's like, he replied to one of Huberman's tweets of like, can you explain why like the Navy SEAL types pull all nighters, still outperform everybody, et cetera, et cetera, things like that. And he, he makes some good points. He oh, really I actually saw that specific tweet and yeah. I, I agree. Like he's definitely not wrong. I don't look when if look when you when you go i i've never um have no affiliation with any type of military training whatsoever but i did when when we did uh you know the as a division one athlete the workouts are pretty fucking tough like i've done a handful of workouts like in crossfit and like at different crossfit type gyms and those are really intense workouts but the division one like you know training programs are brutal i mean for at least for the the division one you know trainer that we had when i was in college like this guy was an old football coach and he was just like one of those types of guys like he was like you know a old school you know if you want to get stronger you got to move more heavier weights and like we lifted yeah. heavy and yep. but we did these brutal conditionings like we would do an hour of conditioning and then go lift as he heavy as possible and it's like Dude, that shit does not kill you at all. And you can wake up and do it the same exact day, like day after and still do it. Like it fucking sucks. Your legs are now sore. Your arms are sore. Like it's terrible, but your body is super resilient. Like oh, you yeah. can crush it. And on top of that, <laughs> like the there's like it there was an rotc program at unf and you would see these guys you know they run full gear full uniform long pants like long shirts for miles and miles and they do the push-ups and stuff dude i'd see these guys out there every single morning and they're girls they're some of them are girls and they're doing it and they're fine they're like perfectly yeah. not dying dude, 
Um, last night I was watching Penn State versus Iowa wrestling match. Penn State number one, Iowa number two, and Penn State's been like the, the top team for like the last like ten or twelve years. But anyways, there's this 125 pounder. He's from he's a Pennsylvania guy, but he wrestles for Iowa. Iowa has a culture like Tom and Terry Brands are the coaches. They're brothers. Um, one was Olympic champion. One was like Olympic runner up or whatever. But these dudes are just hard. They're just like the hardest guys ever. Like they're just absolute machines. And you don't even want to just like, I don't even want to walk down the same hallway as one of these guys. They're machines. But the 125 pounder, um, I don't think he wrestled last year. He took a medical red shirt because previously he was wrestling with a torn ACL. He won three national titles. He won two national titles with a torn ACL. And then his third national title, he won with two torn ACLs. Like, (laughs) can you imagine like you're going up against the toughest guys in the world at your weight class with two torn ACLs. But the point I want to get to is, um, the perseverance of like how resilient the body is and things like these guys. So in college wrestling, they'll do open tournaments. So if you're a red shirt, you can go compete in these tournaments. It doesn't count. You know, you're not competing with your team. You're just showing up as an individual basically. And you'll say you're from like Nittany lion wrestling club instead of like with Penn state. That way you can get matches in and things like that. But these guys will wrestle like seven matches in a day. And everybody you're wrestling is like a multiple time state champion you know, they were nationally ranked high school kid. Like you're wrestling yeah. the best of the best seven times in a day, seven minutes and up to like seven matches. That's 49 minutes. And you should see these guys, like just see their face by the end of it, because, you know, you're constantly head to head and you just, I don't know. It's just a, it's just a brutal sport, especially at that level when you're hand fighting. Um, it just, Dude. it's super intense, but like they just bounce back. Like they'll show up to practice tomorrow. They'll show up to practice the next day and just go to war at practice again. Yeah. Just, I just want to like say something. I think it's super underestimated. Like, obviously, you know, because you wrestled, but like a lot of people probably have never been in a fight before, like a real fucking fight. And I've been in a couple and dude, you don't realize it in the moment when you're actually in a fight. But as soon as the fight is over, you're like absolutely gassed. Yeah. Like fighting especially wrestling, like if it goes to the ground, it takes so much exertion and energy out of you. You are smoked. Like I couldn't yeah. imagine like a seven minute fight. Usually fights don't last like too, too long. But um, I, I couldn't lie. If I was going head to head with someone that were like we were equal level and we were battling hard within one minute, I would be gassed right now. I yeah. would die after one minute. It's a different kind of conditioning when it's not just like one aerobic. You're not just running. And two, you're not just lifting weights. You're doing both at the same time while fighting someone's resistance and trying to apply your resistance and things. It just is a completely different form of conditioning. You know, there's like running shape, like basketball shape or whatever. And then there's like wrestling shape or fighting shape, you know, boxing shape. All those things are oh, different different yeah. forms of conditioning. Like I, I was like, we had a pair of boxing gloves in my neighborhood and we would all go to the park and like have these boxing matches like in the this big field. And man, I, I loved it. I thought boxing was awesome. And I think I was pretty good because I was left handed and everyone else was regular. But uh, so it was a little bit weird when they fought me. But man, I just remember like throwing blows and you would be smoked in, in like a yeah. very quick amount of time. And then even in college too, like, like another thing, if you're gonna get in a fight, like remember that guy was like holding his 
arm around me when we were having dinner. <laughs> yeah, I was wondering like, if I was going to have to double like that guy or not. Like, I mean, I wasn't going to hit this guy because he was drunk, but I was like, dude, I swear to God, if this guy like even makes a false move. like I thought he was going to try and kiss you. <laughs> That's what I thought. <laughs> dude, oh my God. This guy, was, oh my God, dude. This guy I, was freaking on one. It was an uncomfortable I, I, I literally, situation for everybody. I was like, dude, if this guy touches me and like I have to like literally you know get a little bit forceful like i'm literally gonna fucking toss this guy as hard as i can because i do not want him touching me like he smells fucking disgusting and he's got his arm around me and he's spitting in my face i'm like dude i literally want to knock this guy out right now like i'm gonna just be patient or like get off of me don't touch me like i don't want you on me please and i literally like the guy the manager is like walking by i was like yo you gotta get this guy out of here now. <laughs> For real. I kind of like I didn't feel bad because I was like, dude, you do need to get this guy out of here. Like, we're trying to have a drink and talk, and this guy's hanging on to us. <laughs> yeah. Not I'm like, invited. yo, hey, get him out of here. He needs to go home. I literally said he needs to go home. Dude, I found one of this guy's uh one of Coldy's tweets. It says fan it's like a picture of this guy, two pictures of him, and he's like, family friend lived till one hundred one. Was still skiing 100 days a year at age 97. Dumped his girlfriend when he was 95 because she was slowing him down. Was known for his handmade leather ski gloves. Fool just kept it moving. Never heard of Huberman. <laughs> like he's just <laughs> he just keeps like a kind of semi attacking Huberman. It's so funny. Oh, uh, I don't know why. Like I get a big kick out of that. <laughs> well, like dude, because people that over optimize a lot of the time they're weenies. They're just they're yeah. not they're dorks they're not like they're not tough and i there's like a threshold if you like you you're totally i grew up in like i was in all the advanced nerd classes growing up and i'm cool with the nerds but man like dude if you can't be tough you don't have any form of toughness like i can't get along with you like i can't handle you because you're so soft there were kids in college that played division one baseball that were so soft and they hated me because i'm like and i'm not the toughest kid in the world but when it comes to like winning i don't have any patience for being a pussy and losing i tell you like dude kids would come in and they would have huge scholarships and i'm a walk-on and i would literally look at them and i'd be like dude you are probably the softest kid i've ever met in my (laughs) life if you can't like do this you can't play here and they would look at me like who the fuck are you and why are you telling me that i can't play here like you're (laughs) you're a sophomore you're one year older than me but like i knew that i was not leaving because i knew that i was like a player on the team and i knew like the very culture that it is required to win and man like people would literally end up leaving the school not necessarily because of me but because that culture was being developed i was just like the guy also you know kind of letting others know like hey this is how we do things and man like there's you could throw 95 miles an hour but if you're you know super soft like you're worth nothing to anybody like you're not gonna win so why what why are we gonna pay you why are we gonna keep you around yeah i hate being i hate being around i don't hate being around people i kind of do it's just like you gotta feel like you gotta like lower yourself down to that level you know you got to talk like this and things it's like bro i'm just like i'm kind of like not at work obviously got to be different can't be yourself but i'm just like i'm just like bro let your balls hang man like i'd like talk like that like be a man like i don't know 
I also like have this kind of a problem where I mean, don't get me wrong. Like I want everybody to like me and, and stuff, but if I'm really trying to win and it comes down to me winning or you liking me, I do not give a fuck if you like me. And a lot of people respect that, especially like on a big team that's trying to win. But man, some people don't. But uh, kind of what you you just mentioned something that, you know, reminded me. My dad called me up the other day and he's like super he, he he's super destroyed because his he's a salesman and they like cut the sales team's commission in half. So he's like all pissed off. He's got to make, you know, double. He's got to do double the output next year to make the same amount of money that he made last year. And I'm like, dude, that that's brutal. That sucks. My dad is like an amazing person. Like his attitude is so admirable. He's like, well, Tyler, he's like, it really sucks. And he's like, I was, you know, I'm, he's like 60 something years old. And he's like, you know, it's like, this is last year was the best year I ever had in my career. And I'm fired up, you know, and I'm thinking I'm going to do great this year. And he's like, yeah, it sucks. But he's like, no one's I'm still going to be the hardest worker in there and I'm still going to do this and da, 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 da. And I'm like, dude, Jesus Christ, this guy's a beast. But <laughs> on, on the reverse end, I'm sitting here thinking and my dad was 76 percent of the whole business sales. He generated 76 percent of it. So like he's like the king of sales at his company and they have a team of 15 salesmen and mm-hmm. he's one, one like doing three times as much as the rest of this team. And I'm sitting here and I'm like, this is so stupid. If his company was smart, instead of paying these these people at the bottom $50,000 a year each, they should cut those clowns out of the business. And yeah, and give him more resources. Give all of the top salesmen the the resources and let them do the work. And that's yeah. where they save, you know, $500,000 instead of cutting the whole team's commission in half. I'm like, it's so stupid. That's exactly how good businesses run you get leaner and you get stronger and you cut the you prune out the the weak and you prune out the bad and it's just like so perfectly obvious but on the reverse you got to think like my dad's like the president of the company is just a an accountant and all he does is play with numbers so he just sees oh well if i just cut you know we don't have to fire anybody it's easier if i just you know cut everyone's commission in half that's the easy thing to do it's yep. a lot more difficult to go in and fire eight people. Yeah. But, you know, one's the right choice and one's the wrong choice. <laughs> here's, a, here's this problem that I'm facing right now. So, you know, I didn't get that uh, job in West Palm. And they the guy made it sound like he was going to reach out to me again. But then right after that, you know, something bad happens. Let down, just like your dad was let down. I, like, I was like, I'm going to give myself like a couple hours just to feel bad. And then right back to it, you know, like, fuck it. Like we're right back to, it. you know, give yourself a little bit of time then hop right back out. No problem. And um, so I know I, was, I saw you do that. It was really great, by the way, because you put it in the chat that you were like super bummed. And then like literally two seconds later, your next message was like, but like I'm getting right back on the horse or something. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. You got to like, you know, you got to let your feel, you got to feel your feelings for a little bit, you know, that's you right. Like disregard them. But um. So that kind of spiraled into, I was like, you know, like I make enough money, but not enough that I can live the lifestyle I want to live. So I'm just like constantly all the time. Like, what can I do? Make enough money, but not enough for your ambition. Yes. Yeah. Like you, like basically I can survive and, you know, go on like one vacation a year or something like that. But I want to be able to like 
just travel the world and have more freedoms and things like that, right? Just like you do, just like pretty much anyone who's listening to this podcast probably does. So I previously, you know, I was like building, I occasionally built websites for some businesses and I was like, screw it. I'm going all out. Um, brought Bodie on. He's like my sales guy. And, uh, you know, I do all the back end work and we just had, we just like hit it hard. We were just like hella cold messages in Facebook groups. Here's the, here's the sauce is these Facebook groups. There's like, you can go to a junk removal Facebook group, power washing Facebook group, car detailing Facebook group. And there's like 50,000 people in each group. And they're constantly asking questions, looking for help on marketing, things like that. And, you know, so you just cold message them. Most of them aren't going to reply. Most of some will just be like, fuck off. Like, don't ever message me again. You know, you get a lot of those. But then occasionally you hit that one. And we just hit a string. We just hit a string of like five or six this month, like in the first month of trying to do it. And um, so now I have a couple deals that like I'm currently working on the work prior to payment for them. And uh, it'll put us at like 700 monthly recurring revenue. But um, we're waiting for one payment for like uh, these guys want to do like a single payment for the website instead of the recurring thing. So we're going to hit like 3,500 in month one of revenue with like 700 recurring. So, but I got, I didn't get that job in West Palm, but then this software development agency out of Belgium contacted me and they, he wants me to do some dev work for them. And it's a little bit above my level. Um, I could get it done. It's just very time consuming. It's going to take me a lot of time. And I would have over the last six months, I would have killed for this developer work. Like this would have been my dream. But then this happened. We hit this momentum. And so now I'm I'm stuck like debating like where I allocate all my time to because like we have all this momentum with the websites and SEO. And I feel like there's a clear path to like you could do $10,000 a month like this. There's a clear path. There's so many. I, I realize now there's like there's so much money out there especially like B2B, business to business. There's so much money out there. All you got to do is like, go get it. Like you just have to go get it. That's all. Like it's waiting to be spent on these services. You just have to go be, put yourself in the position to be the person who receives it. Like they're going to spend it somewhere. Like it's definitely going to happen. So you just like go, I'll take that and do this job for you, you know? But then with this agency, the software development agency, if I do good on this and the guy like, he's like, you should write a blog about this. It'll help you. And like, I know if I went above and beyond and wrote the blog and did the work and things, it'll lead to more work down the road, which will be high paying work. But this is where I'm stuck because it's like, I would have killed for that six months ago. And it's still something I'm super interested in, but like the, closing your own deals and like doing this thing for yourself is just like different. Um, I don't know. Yeah. I'm, I I mean yeah I I think that like I I per, I'm super like dude I literally think about this all the time and I like want a steady paycheck so bad but like also I literally look in the mirror and I'm like dude I'm 29 years old and I don't give a fuck about a steady like I really like, I think I want it, but then I'm like, do I really want that? No. Like, There's I no leverage. I want to try to, like, be different. Like, I just like being different. Like, going out and, you know, reading these businesses and you see, like, how money flows through them. And you're like, you know, like, I don't want to ever miss the opportunity of, you know, 
not hitting a tandem because I'm stuck at a nine to yeah. five. And you because won't be I wanted to. to make fifty, sixty, seventy thousand dollars. Get the fuck out of town. Yeah, Tom. you won't be able to either because you you literally won't have the time and the same amount of energy to do it. No, I see how much my girlfriend works for her company and she makes good money for doing what she's doing, but it's also like it's a it's a job. It's like yeah, exactly it's, there's no freedom. That's the thing. You gotta build I your own work, thing. I work all day every day and I love it. Like I I love it. And I and I'm like literally obsessed with like, okay, what can I do today to try to make a dollar? Okay, I could write, oh, I could go on the stock market and I can see what's available. Like I love my routine. I am my best self doing this. Having that huge, you know, fireball of risk below me is something that keeps me super motivated. And I I just like back when I was installing water heaters and ACs, I did not have that. And I was in a bad place mentally. Like I was not being my best self. I was not working out. I was just going through the motions because I was too tired to do anything really because I had a you know, yeah. do this pain in the ass job. But, yeah. you know, I was just kind of comfortable too. like, oh, I had money. And it's like, yada, yada, bullshit. Like, I, there's something that you can't take away from, you know, you can't take it away from me is like, my skill set is growing and getting better and developing every single day and in different things like marketing, design, writing, you know, learning about businesses, like all of these things, like I'm building these muscles that I want. And when I first started, if you compare me to when I first started, like there's no doubt, like I, I'm jacked right now compared yeah, to where I was. Inching, you're inching closer. You know and what? That's just part of the process. Like it's just part of it. It sucks in the beginning. Yep. It's totally just like you're, you're waking up every morning and you're, putting out a bowl and you're filling it up with dirt and you're putting some water in that dirt and you're eating mud and it sucks. But you know, when you travel a little bit further down the road and you like look at yourself in the mirror and you like see, Oh, I'm starting to see progress on my body or, you know, with what you're trying to do, you understand like you are going towards the right goal and yeah. you are like traveling down the right path. And it, and I know when you're traveling down the wrong path and you know it, it feels like shit. It's a type of feeling that you can't get off of your chest. Yep. I think if you, I bet, I really feel that if you did, I know that's not what you want to do, but if you did, if you try to get e-commerce brands for email marketing, I, I have a strong feeling that if you like set your mind to it completely, and you attacked it for two months, I feel at within two months, you would be doing $10,000 a month. Okay. I got a question. When you say e-commerce, like what type of product? Literally anything. Like people sell, like there's brands that sell wallets, like guy wallets. They sell beard products. There's e-commerce that sell samurai swords. They sell knives. They sell clothing. They sell sex toys. Like, you know, like all these places where you buy products online yeah, yeah, and yeah. they're branded. Literally all of them they all need email marketing they all need it you Every know single I, one. I look at all these like private businesses like just to invest in and i always see like e-commerce and i'm always like holy fuck these guys do like you know eight hundred thousand dollars in sales like the margins are pretty slow, low but i'm always like man they do a lot yeah like 
I, Maybe I'll just try to buy one and then write the emails. <laughs> I, I just, I'm just saying, like, there's new ones every single day. Like, there's new e-commerce shops that are popping up that are well funded and things. And if these guys are doing 500 to a thousand to a million dollars of revenue, even at that point, you know, you won't make as much, but you build testimonials, you build your portfolio that you've done, and you can maybe get them on a retainer for a thousand dollars a month. And if you like if you had five clients paying you $2,000 a month, how much time would it take up of your week? 15 hours? It would be great if I could like, so one of the things that popped in my head is like, okay, you and Bodie are grabbing these guys, right? Like maybe junk removal. Uh, uh, yeah, all service. We're doing all service businesses. They're lower ticket for right now. Later on, we'll move to but higher let's, ticket. Let's just say pressure washing is one of them, right? Like, if you guys got a bunch of those, I could I could definitely write a series of emails for them, right? Mm -hmm. And you could set up a, you know, oh, you know, if you're putting an email drop on these businesses, right? Mm -hmm. And then they're trying to market to them. Yep. Are you writing the emails or no? Just well, building the website. We, we haven't had any of those yet. Most of uh, the businesses, we have like a restaurant, a construction company, an environmental services company, vape shop. No, that's the thing it's company. like so they no. these aren't these aren't the quite those type of businesses that are recurring like that yet but if we land a power washing one one of the things that i want to do is as we build up a steady cash flow and i don't need the cash in my pocket i want to hire out some talent to help me build a crm for these and then upsell my clients my existing clients who you already have credibility and trust with that are you already do work with you have a relationship with and they need a crm Dude, you're over here talking like look you have okay <clears throat> just like the way you're talking you're already know like how to reinvest capital that you produce right you're saying yeah do this do that do that like that other company you're like that you're talking about like that's going to pay you for dev work like they don't they pay you per you know per project or per whatever like you don't get to reinvest that capital yeah, I know. right you would automatically get that money and say oh okay what can I do with it now? Instead, you know, like you're already building it in your head. It, it just seems like the path is right to build it. And, you know, it's a long process. Obviously, you got to like do every little thing and it takes mm -hmm. a really long time to, you know, it's like building a house for real. You're literally taking a brick, you're laying it with cement and you're slapping on there. You're cleaning the sides off of it and then you're doing it again. And it that is the reality of like building a business. Like you literally have to do that, but that's the point. It's that's the point because it allows you to be creative and say, Oh, you know what? I'm actually going to put a hallway here and it's going to flow into, Ooh, a new bedroom is going to be beautiful here. Cause I can generate cash by, you know, you know, X, Y, and Z like that is the creative mind, like at work. And yeah, it's so much more fun. Humans have this deep, uh, innate um, desire to build. That's why Legos are a fucking big business. That's why Lincoln Logs are a big business. I, I forgot Roblox, about Lincoln Logs. <laughs> Roblox, Lincoln Logs. Like, dude, people, I think it's Minecraft. Like, things that allow you to build inside of it are, they're just people build magnificent things. Kids are creative with this stuff. and so, Kids are so creative. And look at the world, man. Every time I drive into like, I go down to Miami or even Fort Lauderdale or New York City, Chicago, doesn't matter, you name it. I literally am so amazed. I'm like, man, 
Someone had to think that that was a good idea to build a building that big right in the middle <laughs> of the city. And I'm like, how much money did they spend on that? And yeah. it's just fascinating to me. But like, that's Lincoln Logs and, and Legos in real life. Like, dude, yep. dude, someone brought that with their mind into existence. And that is the thing that just drives me nuts. Like, I am so amazed by that stuff. I think it's so beautiful, too. Like, oh, my God, I want to just do something like that. I want to build something not I don't get me wrong, like reinvesting the capital like you're already your brain goes. I love that, too. I like building like that. But it's like that creativity. I love people. I show people the journal and they think it's beautiful and nothing makes me feel better in my entire life. I literally am like, dude, this product is break even. I don't it doesn't even make any money but the fact that i did it and i designed it and people look at it and they're like wow this is really good you did all this yeah i did it's like i'm super proud of it even if it is a break-even product have you been posting that um the short form short form uh content on etsy yeah i got a couple of them on etsy yeah okay i'm curious but, i feel like that that's i feel like that was a nice this is a nice stream i don't them on etsy I think, dude, it, dude, I, I, we, I sold 49 journals on Etsy last year. It's one of the top Etsy products for investing. I mean, there's not a lot of competition. Yeah. And there's not a lot of buyers, unfortunately. The volume isn't great, but well, the, the volume's not going to be great until the holidays, right? I, I, I bet most of them were sold around the well, holidays. Yeah. Only basically, I mean, I'll sell like one, we'll get one order like sporadically per month maybe uh and then the holiday comes and it'll be like 30 orders and yeah. for whatever reason someone was finding them on amazon's because there was two orders on amazon last year there's been zero orders on amazon outside of my mom prior <laughs> <laughs> the, i'm guessing you can pay for ads on etsy right you can probably do that yeah so etsy's ads are super easy too they like will promote your product for you on other searches that are like whatever yeah. And the return on, it's like not that great for the, like I take it, it'll, it does it automatically by return on uh, advertising spend based on revenue. Uh, I try to figure it out for like the profit margin and it's like probably just barely worth it. But I showed you the whole like Etsy funnel where I like handwrite the letter and I put the yep. QR code that upsell, like just one upsell out of 50 is like, okay, bam, that would be a huge increase in profit per Etsy ad. And yeah, start when you start thinking like that and you start, you know, having a system behind, you know, just the typical e-commerce business. Like you can really make a lot of money. It's just mm -hmm. a matter of getting that volume and funneling it. Like there's a way for advert uh for newsletter businesses, investing newsletters to you can pay that remember that idea I sent over in the business uh tab of the chat? It was like, hey, like the email subscribe also yep. subscribe to. So there's yeah, a that's a that's a good idea. Yeah, there's a company that has been doing this for many, many years and they have a moat and I don't know how much money they're making, but I would reckon a couple million a year. Uh, so and I found this, I, I really dove into a, a 
Sam Parr, some guy messaged Sam Parr like on one of the pod. This is a while ago. And he goes, my business does $25 million in revenue and I take home $15 million in net profit. And I'm like, oh, my God, dude, that is like insane. That is like a amazing business. So I end up discovering who this guy is and I buy all of his books and they're all kind of trash, to be honest. But I figured out how he's doing it and he's selling emails because he has this financial website that everybody goes to and they all put their email in there. And he's the SEO king of finance, basically. And he started this in 2000 and did it. And he's just been chugging along, chugging along, chugging along, collecting all these emails. And he has got the also subscribe. So people like me or, you know, the million other new investing newsletters in the world today pay him 20 or $2 per email. <laughs> it's pure profit. Wait, wait, what are you what are you paying him for? The email. I can pay him. I can pay to him to receive the email. I can pay him two dollars to get the email, but they they have to use this also subscribe free feature where but it all it looks like is like it's like you enter your email, you hit submit, it brings you up like in the same pop-up window, it just quickly goes over some kind of JavaScript. It says, Hey. Do you also want this free e- Tyler's 10 bagger ebook? You know, and you hit, yeah, I want that too. And you put the, click the checkbox and it's like, Hey, do you want Andy Walker's top stock pick? You hit that checkbox. And then it'll be like, you know, another one. I'm, I understand. And then you hit submit again. And now you subscribe to all of our emails and he just made $6 because yeah. he's selling my, but they're all probably his other emails, right? They're probably all his. They're probably not other no, no, people's. No. They're all other people's because they pay oh, really? him $2 oh, an email. Oh, 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 okay. And his, he doesn't make any money on yeah. a subscription. He does. It's like he makes a million on the subscription. But, dude, he's making millions just by selling $2 emails every time. That's how email, yeah. many emails he's collecting, though. Dude, holy crap. That's a lot. <laughs> and it's pure profit, dude. It's pure profit because me and you, every time someone clicks, hits that little checkbox, we're paying him $2 automatically. You're paying them $2. And dude, like, it's just, that's a good one. And you can do that for a different industry. Like you, I now see uh, there's like Spark Loop is trying to do it. And uh, Substack is trying to do it. But like, okay, what other industries does this work at? And like, who are the big dogs in SEO? Because dude, you that, can, Sorry, go ahead. You can do this in a different industry that is good at seo and has like similar type of things copywriting like oh my god people want to learn how to make money online da, da, da. like get the free guy yeah. there's good copy what there's dude there's there's you, industries you have arifs or however you pronounce it you have that yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. when we hit a thousand dollars a month since it's like freaking 110 bucks a month or whatever um i'm gonna get it then but seo is something that I'm really diving into right now because the websites that these people need are like, you know, they're super easy for me. You know, it's just like I custom code and you could build them on WordPress and stuff, but I custom code because one that also helps their SEO because these websites are faster than the meta you... tags are all optimized, et cetera. But I'm, I'm diving into SEO. I feel like this is the next muscle that gets built. Yeah, that's exactly right. And another thing too, that's a little bit different. And dude, I, I haven't, I wrote the email, but I haven't sent it out. So I mean, you're going to see it, obviously, but 
just I guess we're gonna wrap it up here too. But yeah, I gotta piss bad. Okay, real quick. <laughs> I'm looking through businesses like I normally do. I'm trying to find gems on the stock market. I come across Yellow Pages of Canada. Dude, this business is selling for less than 180 million. They did $52 million in profit. Okay. If and I'm just like learning about everything about the business. Literally, Yellow Pages was Google search before Google. Okay. Before the internet, Yellow Pages was Google search. And it's all localized. It's for local businesses. Like this yep. was the spot. And it's just mind blowing. I don't know like what the difference is between regular SEO for like, you know, trying to target everybody in America for like a newsletter and yeah. local SEO. But yep. there is something uh, like just even getting on yellow pages. It's still like doing $200 million in revenue. There's still something there. Yep. You should. Have you ever read Adam, our friend Adam? Have you read his blog before? Oh, yeah. I devoured it. Yeah, that's he has really good content. Like how many keywords should I use for SEO? How to write SEO friendly blog posts? And as he's writing it, you're like, oh, this is how you write these blog posts. Like it's yeah, how it's... to write SEO friendly blog posts. Like that that title is part of writing an SEO friendly blog post. Like well, so... and if you think about it, if you know I, I go on his website and I use that as a reference every time I write a SEO article and why is his stuff so good? It literally is like in his SEO is good. Like, look how he's an SEO whiz. He's literally writing exactly for what I need it for. And Google understands that this is high value content because it measures how long I'm staying on the page, how many times I'm revisiting. And it knows what high value content is. And he's writing it perfect. Like the key to being a good SEO is, is writing extremely valuable content. Yep. Yeah. And like, he there's has, no hacks about it. It's you have to be able to provide value. He has one SEO leads, how to quickly generate more. Like, so what something that I'm doing in these junk removal groups, which I should be trying to do more of is um, you, like, this is something that you would kill. Uh, So I've, I use convert kits, like convert kits, like $30 a month. You throw together a quick landing page, to collect emails, right? Nothing special. But I'm posting, there's like four or five junk removal. Then there's dumpster rental. Like they all kind of go together, right? And there's all these people in there. So I'm just going to, I already started. I wrote like two like quick things about optimizing your Google My Business. Um, a little thing about SEO. And I got four subscribers to my newsletter. And it's like, I have it labeled. There's no one that has a newsletter in uh, junk removal. Like I haven't found any. So I label myself the number one junk removal marketing newsletter something like that right and i'm slowly <laughs> putting these out but the thing is is like i'm not trying i'm not going to try and sell anybody anything just continue to provide free value for months free value for months build a reputation gain credibility with these people when i hit like 500 subscribers offer my services to them you know they're like this guy built credibility are he definitely knows his things you know this is a guy you know you already developed a personal connection with them but you could do this you could each individually do this for I shouldn't be giving away all this. Hopefully people don't make it to this point in the podcast. Shouldn't be giving away all this sauce because no one is nah, doing just this. Give it away, dude. The good the stuff is given away. The power washing, same thing. Car detailing, same thing. 
um, construction, same thing, like all just like writing about digital marketing. You don't have to know Dude. anything. You don't have to know anything about the, their businesses. The car detailing one is probably really good. Um, you could I drop just, like coupons on there. Like, you know, I'm thinking car detailing, like <clears throat> uh, and people can pay for ads in your newsletter for like, so car detailers have to buy a lot of products that they use to then um, you yeah. know, do their work. And you contact these brands like, hey, I have 5,000 car detailers that read my newsletter every week. Do you want to advertise in my newsletter with your product? You know, we already we talk about this all the time, but these are like niches. This is like a real niche that's super specialized. And okay. I have an easy way that you can get thousands of eyeballs. I know you got to run, but I had a question for you. Okay. Cause I'm immediately <laughs> trying to think about, okay, I, I don't want to be the car detailing newsletter. I want like, you're the car detailer and you pay me and I do all of your email marketing, but I also have 15 more of you and I do all of your email marketing. How do I write an email that, that automatically, like when I hit send on my program, it sends it through like as your name and the 15 other names. Is there a program that does that? You mean like, so if you're sending it like, hey, Andy. No, like that? I'm, I'm okay. Oh, I see what you mean. You type the email once and then it sends dispersed all throughout their emails. Yeah. It sends us a different, like your business, your brother, yeah. uh, this other guy's business and every, all the, all of my other clients. Is there an email that does that? Um, I don't know. I didn't ever look. I haven't gotten this. I haven't gotten to a point where I'm doing that extensive marketing for people yet. In Dude, month that one. I think is a, that is a, that is a web. That's a, that's a, that's a SAS. That's a SAS. <laughs> yeah. Dude, and is. you know how you make money doing it too, is whenever like someone, like I send the email, I'm the ultimate email guy for a car detailers. And I'm a copywriter and all literally I'm pushing out emails all day, every day, basically. But every time someone like buys, you know, clicks on, hey, redeem this coupon and, you know, whatever, I just take one dollar or every someone hits the affiliate link. I take a spread. And dude, yeah. we like I give you business and I make money just from sitting on my ass writing the emails. Well, this is what this is a problem with these small businesses. You know, they want to learn more about digital marketing, but. I just met with a guy this morning. <laughs> when I texted you, I was on my way back from meeting with a guy that I'm going to do a website for and eventually his SEO, I'm going to manage his ads, all, all that stuff. And um, something that he's lacking, which he's signing up for a service for, which I could have been that service if I build this product when I have them. I need help. I can't, I'm going to have to hire it out. <laughs> like it's, it's above me, right? I'm going to have to hire it out, but I need to get the money to be able to do that. But he's signing up with like this scheduling software that's also a CRM. He doesn't like, collect emails like that and um most of these guys don't collect emails like these power washing guys they should be collecting emails and right now they should be starting their email marketing junk removal guys even though you might only get a customer one time they still can because you can market spring cleanouts you can market deals for spring cleanouts to customers you already had but so the part, part of it is like the step one that i'm trying to get in with these people is i'm getting my foot in the door with the website like this guy that i met with today i told him because the thing is, you build the website for these guys once, and then you don't really have to do much more. Occasionally, they might want an update, but that update's going to take you like five minutes to do. So my usually, I'm trying to do $100 a month for these. But for him, it was a small business in my area where there's not a lot of money flowing. I said $50 a month, which he was super excited about. But then when I met with him, I was like, this was just my way in the door. He wants SEO and ad management. He wants, eventually, he's trying to be all hands off from that whole side of the business. He wants someone to do it all for him. 
He wants someone to manage the Facebook, the Instagram, etc. So you can just. I just know it's land and expand, I guess. Look, I know from experience, you have to be an absolute (laughs) superhero to go out there and go detail cars and collect emails and write blog posts to SEO and and write emails like, dude, that you got to be a superhero to do all that. You are no one like the amount of people that are that are beasts like that are one in a thousand. So. That service that you're talking about, and if you can scale it that, like, you know, with the email thing, and you can get multiple, dude, that's a huge net value benefit to someone. And all these small businesses need this. And my part of my, pit, part of my pitch is that, is that like, hey, the, because people are like, why would I pay on a subscription for a website or whatever? You know, they think it's like a one-time fee and should be one and done. And I want it to be recurring, obviously. It's all about the MRR. I don't really care about. We landed two sites that were just like a one-time payment, which is a big payment, but it's just like, meh, you know, it's done Dude, now. If we could figure out how to do the, like, if we can get 15 car detailers, I can definitely write emails that will want people to get their car detailed and we can hit that button. If we could actually figure out how to have, you know, a, me write one email and a program that sends it under 15 different names. Dude, that would be dope, and I would do that. I'm not going to be surprised if there is already a soft. I just haven't been down that route to look, but I don't. That's that's like a problem that a lot of people will run into. So someone has to be solving that problem. I'm sure. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna look into it. We'll talk about it on the next pod. Okay, sounds good. Yeah, I gotta run and pee, and I told my dog before this I'd take him for a walk, so he's like, uh, I just hear him (laughs) hear him behind me. All right, that was a that was a fun one. Yeah, that was a fun one. That was a good one. All right, ready, break. Break.